Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Amen, amen. Is there anybody that loves Jesus in this house? Can we give him a big shout of praise all across this room? Come on, does anybody love Jesus in this place? Can we give him a big ovation of worship? The King of kings and Lord of lords, he's worthy. He's worthy. Man, I'm so glad you're here. While you're standing, I just want to just enter into this time right now as we're going to read our Bible together and just in honor of God's Word. If you aren't already standing, if you don't mind standing, if you're able to, we're going to read 21 verses. So y'all good with that? Everybody good with 21 verses? Okay, about six of you. I says, everybody good with 21 verses? All right, good. Good. We're going to read 21 verses together. It's just a, and I'm going to hope I can make it through this sermon today because I just feel like the Holy Spirit is just imparting on me today this this. This picture of the cross that's here, and I just can't help but think about it. And I can't help but think about that that was for me. Like, that should have been mine. And yet, Jesus, what he did for us, I mean, I'm just, I'm a little overwhelmed today. So if we can just be overwhelmed together by the goodness and grace and mercy of God, uh, we're going to get through this together, all right? It's going to be a great day. Luke chapter 23, we're going to be in verse 23. So if you have your Bibles, awesome, turn there. If not, it's going to be on this giant screen behind us. And Luke 23, verse 23, we're going to read four verses, and we're going to jump a few verses and then read a few more together. So if you're ready for God's Word, won't you say, I'm ready? That's what the Bible says in Luke 23, verse 23. It says this. It says, but the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified. And their voices prevailed. And so Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. And as they had requested, they released Barabbas, the man in prison, for insurrection and for murder. But he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. And as they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was the Cyrene, or from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside, and the soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made, it, made him carry it behind Jesus. And watch what the Bible says right here. A large crowd, tra- a large crowd trailed behind, including many griven, streaking, uh, griven, I'm telling you, we're going to make it through today, all right? Grief-stricken women. Come on, we're going to jump over to verse 32. It says this. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. And when they came to a place called the Skull, or Golgotha, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said in verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers grumbled for his clo- or gambled for his clothes by throwing some dice. And the crowds watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The leaders mocked him too by offering him a drink of, our, of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, won't you save yourself? 
and a sign fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. we got ten verses. Everybody good? Ten more verses. Here we go. Verse 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffs. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But watch what the other criminal protested. The other criminal protested, and this is what he said. He said, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. Come on, this is my story. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you get to your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. And I believe that that's the story of some people in this room today. There's going to be some people that say, you know what, God, I, I couldn't make it on my own. I couldn't do it on my own, but it was you, Jesus. And they're going to put your faith, you're going to put your faith and trust in Jesus today. And if something were to happen to you today, that today you'd be in paradise with Jesus. I believe that. I believe that's going to be somebody's story today. Verse 44, by this time it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. And the light from the sun was gone. Think about it. Middle of the day, completely dark. And suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. And then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, Jesus breathed his last And when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw, somebody say saw, saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, surely this man was innocent. And when all of the crowd that came to see, somebody say see, the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But watch what it says, but Jesus' friends, including some women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. I got to reading that this week, and I just got to thinking, oh my goodness, like, all eyes are on Jesus at this time. And that's just the title of today's message, is all eyes on Him. Again, I, 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 I'm going to try and get through this today, because to me, this is one of the most emotional messages I could ever preach for you guys, and just to you guys, to, to, to just show us what God has done for us through Jesus. And so, come on, let's pray together, ask for God's Spirit to be in this place, as He already is. And I don't know what you walked in here with, but I'm believing that God is going to meet you right where you are. Jesus, we love you. God, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. Would you do what only you can do? Would you minister how only you can minister? God, would you speak to us through everything that we see in Scripture and what you're about to tell us in just a few minutes, God? I just pray that you would hide me behind this cross that's behind me. God, that people wouldn't see me, people wouldn't see a man. They would see you, the man, the crucified Christ. And that we're going to celebrate you, Jesus, today for what you did for us. It's in the mighty, powerful, incredible, awesome, magnificent name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said? I said everybody said? Amen. Come on. Can we make one more big shout of praise all over this room for the King of kings and Lord of lords in this place? Yeah. Yeah. Once you high-five your neighbor, say, I'm glad you made it to church. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. Awesome. 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 I'm glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you. Um, I, uh, I just want to tell you how, how grateful I am that you're here today. You could be anywhere else, again, doing anything else. And 
I want to just put one more emphasis behind Easter next Sunday. Do whatever it takes to get people here next to you, all right? So I'm going to encourage you, don't come alone. Don't be like in the room alone by yourself. Like, like, come on, get somebody here with you next week. One of our three services, 8, 9.30, or 10.45, and we're going to have a great Sunday believing that God is going to change some lives. But I'm believing that God's going to do something today. How many of y'all came to the church today? You came to church expecting God to do something. Anybody out there? Yeah, come on. I'm excited about it. I'm, 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 it is one of those messages that's so emotional, but I believe that even through that, that God is going to do some incredible things today. And I, I always love to start off the message by, by just getting everybody on the same page. And maybe for some of you in the room, uh, this is just a question. I want to kind of put us all on the same page together. So the question I have for all of us is how many of us have ever been looking at something and something like, like you've been looking at it, somebody else has been looking at it, and yet y'all can see two totally different things. How many of y'all have ever been there before? Come on, somebody, anybody, wave at me. Just wave around like you just do care. Come on. All right, good. Okay, so I'm going to play a game really quick with you. I want you to see this. I want you to, I want you to end up uh, telling us in just a second what it is that you see and what it is that you see when we show these pictures on the screen. Are you ready? We're all going to look at it, but I think we're going to see something different. Everybody okay? All right, cool. So if y'all got those, throw them up there really quick. Anybody remember this? Anybody? 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 All right. How many of y'all see a blue and a black dress? How do y'all see anything but a blue and black dress? How many of y'all see a golden and white dress or whatever it is? That is the craziest thing I've ever seen because guess what, y'all? That's as blue and black as anything I've ever looked at today. I don't know how. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. How many of y'all, one more time, blue and black, blue and black, blue and black, gold and white? Oh, my word. Wow. This is, this is so, <laughs> wow. Proving the point great today. I like it. Okay. All right. No fights over the blue and black dress, all right? Okay, okay, so, so everybody understands we're looking at something, but we see something differently, right? Everybody agree with that? Okay, this next one will show it really quick. All right, first thing to come up. Okay, okay, okay. How many of us really quick, how many of us see a duck up there? And I say us because I'm with you, all right? How many of us see a rabbit in the room? The crowd is lively today. I like it. Okay, one more time. One more time. How many of y'all see a duck? All right. How many of y'all see a rabbit? All right. How many of y'all just don't, I mean, you, you just see, I, you just don't know which one to pick. Anybody out there? Okay, okay, cool, cool. Okay. All right, all right. I didn't think this would get this kind of reaction, but I like it. All right, good. So, so again, um, I, I want to kind of just reiterate the point of the fact that, that there's a lot of us that are looking at the very same thing, but we're seeing something differently, right? We see that? Okay, cool. I got another thing I want you to look at. I got this lovely picture given to me uh, by our staff for my birthday, um, which everybody knows I don't, like, I don't agree with like blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus. So this was kind of a little bit... Like, Jesus was not blonde-headed and blue-eyed, just so everybody knows, okay? So just, just, but like, if you look at this, come on, how many of y'all see something differently if I'm turning it to you? Y'all seeing that? Okay, we got Jesus, but then we got the Lord's Supper. Anybody seeing that right now? Come on, somebody. Anybody there? What about now? What about now? Looking at the same thing, seeing something differently, right? I'm going to put this right here just so y'all stare at it the whole time in the service right now, all right? 
Okay, okay, I did not expect us to have that sort of reaction when it comes to the dress or the duck or the, um, the black and blue dress or the duck or the, uh, or the picture. And wherever you're at, here's the thing I want us to always, I want us to all just kind of understand is the fact that, hey, we can all look at something and yet all of us can see something differently, right? And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about you, I got to thinking about this story that we just read, this, this literally the Friday, Jesus, we, we've been in the series on what would Jesus do over the last few weeks, literally looking at the last week of Jesus' life, and we've made it to Friday. And Friday, Jesus is going to give his life, obviously, as we just read about, he gives his life on the cross. But what's so wild to me is that right here in Scripture that we read about on Friday, that all eyes are on Jesus, all eyes are on the cross, and yet here's the thing, they're seeing different things. Isn't it wild to me that they're looking at the cross, that there's like literally probably thousands of people that are gathered around. There's the eyes of Pilate. There's the eyes of the Pharisees. There's the eyes of the followers that are scared to death, right? They're scared that this was their Savior, and now he's crucified. Jesus' mom is there. Like the eyes of the thieves on either side of the cross are looking. The critics are looking. The chief priests are seeing, and the Roman guards are looking. All of the eyes of heaven are looking at Jesus. God's eyes were on Jesus, and as they're looking at Jesus, and as they're looking at the cross, there are different things people are seeing and different perspectives that are going on, even though they're looking at the very same thing. I think what's crazy to me is that there's some people that are walking around the cross, looking at the cross, and they're aware of what's going on with Jesus on the cross. They're aware of what's happening. Some people that are walking around are unaware of what is happening. Some people are sympathizing. They're, they're, They're like, oh my goodness what's going on like this is happening or or some people are criticizing what's going on on the cross obviously we see that in this story right here the followers of Jesus are sympathizing they're wondering what in the world is going on our saviors on the cross then you've got critics and other people saying no 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 if you really are the son of God like you should take yourself down from there and save us too while you're at it right so we have all of these different perspectives and what I got to thinking about what I got to researching about actually when Jesus was carrying his cross up the hill as Jesus Jesus leaves kind of this area where Pilate says, hey, you know what, you need to go on. Y'all can do whatever you want with him. You can crucify him. What would happen is the Romans had perfected this. Like this had become perfect for them. Like they knew how to make it suffer, a person suffer when it comes to killing them. And a lot of times they would use crucifixion as that way. But what Jesus did when he left the, the area where the Roman guards were, what he would have to do is travel one mile to get to the skull, right? Golgotha is what we've also heard it talked about before. Uh, another name of it, it's the same name. And what I want you to understand is that Romans always made those that were sentenced to death. You know what they made them do? Made them go the hardest, longest way to their cross, to, to their death. Made them do the hardest thing. And Jesus and these two thieves did just that. They're, they're walking through the crowded streets. And listen, what happens is they grab a man by the name of Simon. Jesus can't carry his cross anymore. And they made him carry Jesus' cross up that hill. And again, I think a lot of us, when we're thinking about the crucifixion, we see it like in, in, in different stories, how it's, how it's kind of put out there. That um, Like there's not a lot of people around, right? You know what I'm saying? Like there's sparingly a few people here, a few people there. But what I want you to understand, this is Passover in this area. 
Right, this is Passover. So I, what I want us to see is that if you can imagine a place with about the uh, scholars, a lot of scholars say there's about three million extra people in the area at that time. So what I want you to think about when we're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, I want you to think Madison Square Garden on New Year's Eve. Okay, that changes what how you how you're seeing it, right? That changes what's going on. Like, you got to think, there's like a million people that pile into New York City on Madison Square, you know, like right there, not Madison Square Garden. That would be the place where the New York Knicks play basketball. But I'm talking about Times Square. That's it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Times Square, uh, that, that saw a million people pile, pile into Times Square on New Year's Eve, right? Just imagine that's what's happening. Just imagine for a second that's what's going on. And all of this is happening. It's in this city that's very busy. It's buzzing. And here Jesus is carrying his cross up a hill. Now think about that. And it's amazing to me that people can be a part of the same event and yet respond so differently. Now, I'll give you just a personal story in our, in our family. Allie and I, we got our two twin girls, and, and uh, our, our twin girls are our youngest two, and they're just a handful. They're awesome, love them so much. Well, a few months back, Everly, which is our, our, our littlest baby uh, of the bunch, she, uh, she happened to stand up in her high chair, and uh, I, I didn't realize that we were out of the room for a second in the kitchen, and next thing I know is you hear a thud. Come on, all the parents in the room know that sound. You know what I'm talking about? Like, homegirl fell off of her high chair. Here's the thing dad went into. Dad went into like Papa Bear mode where I'm throwing stuff, all right? I'm literally like I'm flipping stuff out of the way trying to get to her. Like I'm respond, I'm seeing this take place. Like I, I heard it happen and here I am just kicking and screaming. I'm freaking out, yelling for Allie. Like where's Allie? And Allie's just calmly, she's just, she's mom. Come on, all the moms in the room know what I'm talking about? Like she's mom, she just she she knows exactly what to do and when to do it, and she's walking in there, and she obviously is concerned for her baby, but she's gonna make sure that guess what? You can't take care of your baby if you're freaking out like I am, right? Come on, somebody, right? Like I'm I'm literally I'm throwing high chairs out of the way. I'm doing whatever it takes to get to her. And here Allie comes in calmly, collectively, and she's like, okay, I, I'm gonna take care of our baby. It's wild to me. How we can see the same event happen and yet respond really differently. It's wild to me how that takes place. It's crazy to me to think about that. It's interesting how so many people on that Good Friday watched what happened and there were those that were focused on what Jesus did. There were those that were committed to him. Those were, there were people that were not committed to Jesus. There were people who had been, had been saying things, or I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And then when the cross happened, their tune changed completely, right? There's all of these things going on. There was those that were heartbroken. There were those that didn't understand. There were those that were confused. And again, as you watch the people at the cross and their responses, to me it's so crazy and remarkable that there were so many different people take in with their eyes the exact same event and yet respond with their heart so differently. And this is what I got to think. And let me tell you, this is actually the greatest event that has ever taken place in the human history, right? In the, in the event of human history, there is not a more meaningful six hours since the beginning of mankind than when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, the King 
of kings, the Lord of lords, paid the price on the cross. It's the most meaningful six hours in all of human history. And guess what, y'all? It changed everything. Somebody shout everything. It changed everything. The weekend of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the greatest event in human history that has ever taken place. And guess what? People are unaware. And people are still unaware. They were unaware then, and they're still unaware now. I got to thinking, you know what? This is God's son on the cross. This is a public execution. This is public humiliation. Jesus is not there because of his own sin, but Jesus is there because of my sin. And he's dying so that I might live. He's becoming guilty so that I might go free. And I think about all of these different people, and I think, you know what, who I could probably relate with the most? The thieves on the cross. The thieves that are on either side of Jesus. And I got to thinking about that. You know what, like that, that's, that's probably where I, would, I, I should be. It is where I should be. And again, if, again, these guys are, are looking at the same thing. Their eyes are all on him. They're all on Jesus. And one of them says, hey, you know what? Listen, if you really are the son of God, won't you save yourself and save us? Right? Save us while you're at it. But Jesus knew that there was no way to save himself and save us at the same time. I think that's the power of the cross for me. That he became the sacrifice, that he took our spot. And listen to me, y'all. I don't want to be like all the onlookers. I don't want to be like all the people that are just following in behind, that are just kind of just walking around. I want to be aware of that. As we invite people, as we celebrate Easter today, today's actually Palm Sunday, which we talked about a few weeks ago as Jesus is coming into the city. Right, as we're celebrating that, as we're thinking about throughout this week, as it's leading up to Easter and Good Friday and Easter, I want to be fully aware that Jesus couldn't save himself and us at the same time. I don't want to be distracted. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be somebody who just kind of stands back a little bit at a distance, just casually watching what's going on, distracted or indifferent about what is happening on the cross. No, no, no. I don't want to just be unaware of what Jesus did, but but I'd rather, and us as a church, I want us to be some people who enter into worship for what our Savior did on that cross that day. Because of the cross, it has a message for you and I. And that message is that whoever you are, whatever you've done, however long you've been there, guess what? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, put that on himself, and he was crucified on the cross for you and I. And here's the thing. All of heaven is what, this is what Oswald Chambers says. He says, all of heaven is interested in the cross. All of hell is afraid of the cross, while men are the only ones to ignore its meaning. And I think that's so true, because there's so many of us walking around. There's so many people walking around unaware of what Jesus and the cross mean. And I love what Luke 23 says, though. I love the fact that when Jesus was dying on the cross, that all different kinds of people are watching. And I just believe that that's the heart and the gospel of the message of Jesus. Is that no matter who you are, that all kinds of people are candidate to receive God's love. That's good news, isn't it? Is anybody thankful to, hey, you know what, what your past may have said or what you used to do? Is there anybody thankful for the love of God that pursued them, that came after them? Come on, if you're thankful for that, can we give them a big shout of praise in this place? 
So, so again, I'm a, I'm a very visual learner, right? I told you guys that a few weeks ago. I, I, I like visual stuff. I think the ADHD has something to do with it, right? You know, so, so I, I just like to see it. And so, again, I, I know a lot of us know about the cross, but I wanted to just bring it in here. And I appreciate Blake building this for us yesterday and getting it all set up today. But, like, I want this to be something that doesn't just show up on a T-shirt, doesn't just show up on a necklace, but something that changes your life. I want it to be a picture of something that changes your life. And again, I, as a kid, I remember in vacation Bible school and stuff like that, they always talked about this vertical relationship and then these horizontal relationships. I believe that the cross has two messages. I believe it has a couple messages for you and I. I think this vertical beam is that first message in the fact that, you know what, you and I could, hey, we couldn't do anything to earn God's love. That you and I couldn't do anything. There was this huge gap, this chasm between us and God. And yet this vertical beam, you know what it indicates? That God made a way. Come on, somebody. That God made a way for you and I to meet him, to know him, to have a relationship with him. That's the vertical message, right? That's the message that God has for us. But what I love about the cross, too, is the fact that, yes, it heals us spiritually. What I love is that there's this horizontal beam as well. And what I love about that is the fact that there's this the vertical beam's message is that God made a way for us. There's this horizontal message that says he made a way for us to live this life with more abundance than we ever thought possible. John 10.10 10 tells us, you know what, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus tells us, hey, I've come so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So what I want you to understand is this, this horizontal relationships, these things around us that may, he made a way for us to have relationships, made a way for us to have forgiveness in those relationships, even here on earth, that we can approach everything in our life horizontally with a new perspective because of what he's done vertically, because of who he is. And I just think that's so important for us that he has made all things new so here's the deal my life should look differently if I've encountered the cross that the, the things that I say should look differently if I've encountered the cross how the, the the way I treat people the business that I run the situations that I'm up against and I come into they should look differently because of what Jesus has done on the cross and I have come Jesus says again so that I can have they can have life and have it more abundantly look Look at me, Purpose Church. Listen to me. Listen to my heart today. I never want us to look at the cross. I never want us to look at it with our eyes and its meaning get lost on us. I don't want it to just get lost on us. And so I'm going to make it really simple today. I'm going to give you a couple points. The cross means dot, dot, dot. We're going to list it out together, all right? Make it really plain, really simple for us. The cross means a few things. Number one is a price was paid. The cross means that a price was paid. There's this big theological churchy word known as substitutionary atonement. Come on, somebody. That's a big word for Sunday, all right? I always heard, you know, you, you don't want to necessarily throw a lot of those out sometimes. And I, I want to throw that out because I think we can all understand it. Because substitutionary atonement. Substitute means taking another person's place. Come on, how many of y'all ever had a substitute teacher in, in school before, right? They took your teacher's place that day, right? That's the substitute, substitutionary. And an atonement means to pay for. So, so there was somebody else that came in and paid for something. So what I want you to see is that the cross means that a substitutionary atonement took place. That there was a price that was paid. That someone took our place and paid for everything that you and I could never pay for. 
Here's the thing. Jesus paid a price that we could not pay even on our best day. There's not one of us that could save us from ourselves. It's impossible for you and I to earn it or to achieve God's love, his grace, and forgiveness. You know why? Because you and I were guilty. Because you and I were guilty. And the sentence is death. That, that without Jesus Christ and what he did, that we are going to die and spend eternity in hell as a payment for our sin. And here's what uh, the, the great theologian John R.W. Stott said. Before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, we have to see it as something done by us. And the fact is that, you know what? He's paying my sin. The Bible tells us we've all sinned. Every one of us. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And I love the fact is that, you know what? There had to be a payment that was made. Romans 6.23. The wages of sin. The payment for sin. What is it? It's death. And here's the thing. Everybody's going to die. It's not, it's not, tap your neighbor and say, you're going to die one day. Just go ahead and let them know. Welcome to Purpose Church. You're going to die one day. All right? Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Here's what I want to also tell you. Everyone will die, but here's the thing. When it's talking about death there, we're talking about separation from God for eternity. That's the death they're talking about. That's the death the writer of Romans and Paul is writing about. But watch what this said. This is the, I, I call it the biggest butt in the Bible. Come on, somebody, all right? Okay, everybody okay? I said butt in church. Yes, yes, yes. This is the biggest butt in the Bible. For the wages of sin is death. If it just stopped there, we're all in trouble. Somebody shout butt. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. But Jesus, yes, you and I were sentenced to death, but Jesus came and took my place on the cross, making a way for us. And this is the deal. The cross means that you and I don't have to pay a price for sin. All we have to believe in is the one who did. Believe in him. Trust him. Look to him. Put your faith in him. See, religion was all around the cross, it's wild to me that relationship was on the cross. And the fact is that church will tell you, religion will tell you, clean yourself up. Make sure you get yourself together. Then come to God. And Jesus says, come to me just as you are. Weary, broken, heavy laden. I will give you rest. You know how you can say that? Because of what he did on the cross. Because of who he did and what he did on the cross. Man's way to reach God is religion, but God's way to reach man is Jesus. And listen to me, I just want to challenge some of us today. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Guess what? I'm going to encourage you. He has already paid for your sin if you just put your faith and trust in him today. just want you to know that the cross means also not just that a price was paid, but that hope is available. Hope is available. Somebody shout hope. hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, somebody needs to hear that in this room or watching online or listening on the podcast today. See, we run into people all the time. We hear from people all the time that who have lost hope who have nothing to look forward to, who can't seem to get past all the mess that's going on around them. And listen, y'all, man, it's tough when you lose hope, isn't it? And whatever situation you walked in here with, if you've lost hope in the middle of that, man, you see no way out. You see nothing beyond that. 
And I just got to tell you that the cross means hope. You can find hope in what Jesus did. Because I came to remind somebody today that because what Jesus did on the cross, that he did not come down from the cross. He said it is finished. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. That guess what? Hope is available to you and God wants to give you hope. Hope in your marriage. Hope for the future. Hope in the middle of your pain and your struggle. The darkest moments of your life, when that diagnosis comes through, when you don't get the promotion that you thought you should, and guess what? Even in the middle of all of that, the cross gives us hope because of who Jesus is and what he did. And I want to tell you, the cross, you know what it means? It means a price was paid, that hope is available, that healing is available. The cross means healing. How, how do you know that? Because I've seen it and I've experienced it. The best way that you know what you could tell somebody else about something is when you've experienced it yourself, right? Like, man, that's the, mo- that's the people I want to listen to, man, that have experienced healing themselves. And I just want to tell you, Jesus, as he went to the cross, the pain, the brutality, the agony, the beating, the whipping, the, so the being spit on and laughed at and his beard ripped out of his face and a, a crown of thorns literally forced onto his head, And nails driven through his hands and his feet. And again, beyond anything that we could ever imagine. The Bible says that he was beyond recognizable as a human. Just imagine for just a second. that Here's the thing that's crazy to me. Substitutionary atonement. He took my spot. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. I just want you to know, y'all listen to me. The cross means healing. The cross means that healing is available. The next one is this. The cross means freedom. The cross means freedom. Freedom from your bondage. Freedom from your mess-ups. Freedom from, I can't believe I did that again. Freedom from your past. Freedom from your mistakes. Freedom from your sin. Freedom from your shortcomings. And here's the thing I know about the cross. Freedom is available. Healing is available. Hope is available. A price was paid. Here's the thing I want to tell you. At the cross, and the cross means that guess what? A choice has to be made. There's no neutrality at the cross. There's no, you know, I'm, I'm halfway in, I'm halfway out. Everybody has a decision to make. Everybody has a decision to make. Some are saying yes. Think about the cross for a second. Some are saying no. Think about the two thieves on the cross. Think about who those guys were. And one of them made it, they had to make a decision, right? The last moments of their life. And one made the decision to reject Jesus. And the other made the decision to say yes to Jesus. And anyone in here who's made the decision to trust Jesus through faith and cried out in repentance can say that Jesus took our place. A substitutionary atonement happened. 
that somebody stepped in and paid for something that we deserved. And this is what I know is that we deserve judgment, but Jesus took the guilty verdict. We deserve death, but Jesus defeated it. And we deserve hell, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, I have the hope and the assurance of spending eternity with Him. Thank you, Jesus. I'm blown away. God, is there anybody else thankful for Jesus? Is there anybody else that would say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done? That's why we got to see the cross as important. Because when we see it for what it means, listen to me, it makes, I'm blown away by what it's done. I'm blown away by its meaning. And when I see it, I can't help but worship you, Jesus. When you and I realized that this was our cross, and it had our name on it, but Jesus said, I'll take it. I'll go. The only right response that we can have is to worship Him. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son that anybody that believes in Him will not perish, will not die eternally, but they'll have everlasting life. That's what the hope of the cross is. That's what the healing of the cross is. So maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to invite you to do that today. So everybody across this room, heads bowed and eyes closed. You're in here and you say, hey, I don't know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want to today. The cross allows that to happen for you and I. I just want to tell you, Again, it's just a clear message of the gospel that Jesus came. My name was on this cross. My sin put him there because he was willing to go and die for me. And I just want to tell you that that's available to all of us and a choice has to be made at Calvary. A choice has to be made at the cross. And So maybe you're here and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. I just want to tell you I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you. Today we're going to take communion in just a second. But before we get there, I think there's some people that need to do business with God today. And you're here and you say, hey, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that if you will declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. For it's with our mouth that we confess and it's our heart that we believe. So maybe you're in here and you need to confess Jesus today. That's you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a prayer. It doesn't have to be word for word that you repeat this. But man, I want you to mean it in your heart. And I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life and save me? I trust what you did on the cross was for me. That you took my sin and you put you in a grave and then you got out of the grave three days later. And I put my trust in you today. Save me, be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Maybe that's you. Maybe you just prayed that. Maybe you're watching online and you just prayed that. I just want to tell you, you made the greatest decision that you'll ever make. I, I want to always have a reverence for the cross. I want to always have a reverence for what Jesus has done. And then I want you to understand that, that all of heaven had a reverence for Jesus for what he did. He was the only one worthy to do what he did. And here's what I want you to know too, that all of heaven parties when one person comes to Jesus. So we can... Out of reverence for what Jesus did on the cross, we can celebrate knowing that another brother and sister is in eternity. 
So maybe you're in this room and you say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today. Would you just raise your hand? Say, hey, that was me. You could drop it right back down. Everybody else, say, hey, that's me. Drop it right back down. Awesome. Here's one way that you can let us know that. I think it's great that you just raised your hand, but uh, there's some I did see, some I probably didn't see. And one way that you can let us know, just like the six people that have done it over the last two weeks, is that you can just let us know, but that QR code is right in front of you. You can take your phone out, same one if you're a first-time guest, and you can just take your, your camera and point that at that. Let us know. That way there's a, there's a spot on there that says, Today I said yes to Jesus. You can fill that out and submit that. We would love to know that. In just a second, we're going to worship as we take communion. And if you just accepted Jesus, man, welcome to Jesus' family. Right? And here's the thing about communion is that we're just remembering the sacrifice of what Jesus did on the cross. If you just said yes to Jesus, whether you're a member of this church or not, doesn't matter. You're a member of God's family. Let's take this together. Let's celebrate the fact that Jesus and hope and healing and freedom is in Jesus' name. Come on, is there anybody thankful for Jesus in this place? Anybody grateful for salvation happening in this place today? Come on, can we give him a bigger shout of praise than that? Come on, we love you, Jesus. hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.